Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Amy's medical opinion is in no way reflects the views of Gen X This Is Why. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. What up, Jen? What's going on? I'm back. You arrived back stateside to yes. basically our constitutional rights falling apart. Yeah, like, like somebody <clears throat> in Germany was like, I think your constitution's gone. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't catch up on the news today. Guys, I mean, I just want to wow. address up front the Roe v. Wade ruling oh because I feel like every, everybody's talking about it. We, you know, we don't get political on this show, but it is no secret that we are for women's rights, for everyone's rights. We're always against taking rights away. This is stripping women of autonomy over their bodies, over their choices. So we're totally in solidarity with those of you who are enraged, upset, saddened, in despair. We hear you. Jenny, I am doing, as you know, our family tree. And I don't I am know why digging... you're doing this, but mom keeps <laughs> talking to me about it. I'm digging deep into some family history. And guys, I am finding things like... There was a person with our family name, it turns out they weren't related to us, in the early 1900s whose children were taken off of her because she wore a black dress out. And they thought like wow. she was a wanton woman. And it just is hitting me in a weird spot right now in light of yeah, everything that's I'm happening. Raging. Oh my God. Um, and it was, it took like a whole court to decide that she was an unfit mother And then very a whole court quietly, of, let me guess, mostly men. I'm sure. Yeah. And then very quietly, there was a follow-up a few weeks later that was like, oh, Mrs. E.E. E. blah, 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 got her kids back because we discovered like she wasn't some crazy whore witch that we thought she was. Like, oh, oh my God, these kids were ripped from their mother because of a dress she had on. Ugh. I just, I don't know. It's a it's a tough time right now, but we're going to soldier on looking at Little House on the Prairie. 
And now I guess we have to get monkeypox vaccination. Oh, fuck. This monkeypox. <laughs> I can't with this thing. Um, What mom was referring to is I found an uncle she never knew she had. A great yeah, uncle. Yeah, she was up. Thanks for that, because that's all I heard about for like two hours the other day. <laughs> Whose name was Wimpy. Yeah. Like, what the well, fuck? I own the blind school, Laura, blah, blah, blah. Um, I guess, Jenny, what happened is he moved to California. He was, you know, smart enough to peace out of here. And <laughs> they just never talked about him again. Like, okay, he's gone. This guy's dead if he moved to Scranton. <laughs> I could see I that with that family. I guess. All right, guys. So today we are looking at Little House on the Prairie, Season 8, Episode 4, Dark Sage. Jenny, I need a description. I need to know who wrote this. When Doc Baker's workload becomes too much for one person, especially if that person's Doc Baker, <laughs> arrangements are made for an African-American doctor and his wife to join the community. Um, wow. This is written by Vincent Gutierre and directed by Mari Dexter. Are these new people? Okay, I want to say something. I've never seen those names before. But... I want to say something. I'm going to compliment the writer in this episode. This was not terrible. It was not terrible. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, what's happening here? Michael Landon clearly didn't actually, write this. I think they actually hired a professional writer and, and director <laughs> for the first time in eight seasons. <laughs> Those MFA graduates are really starting to get better. <laughs> All right, Jen, we open on Doc Baker giving a pregnant woman, Jenny, some advice. Take it easy. Everything will be fine. So I wrote, she'll be dead soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, like he's just like, good luck. Nels barges in and tells Doc that Harriet has hurt her ankle and he needs the doctor to look at it. At Harriet's, Doc Baker tells her it doesn't seem serious. She should be fine. And they talk about how busy Doc Baker is and that he's waiting for Dr. Lede- is it Ledeau? Ledoux. Ledoux, right? Ledoux. 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 No, Ledoux. You're right. To show up and help him out. And Dr. Ledoux and his wife are coming from New Orleans. You called that one, Jenny. I called You said she would think they were French. It's the same freaking script. I think they reused scenes. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) So uh, Harriet's all excited. She thinks they're French. And then she says, did you catch this? I need someone to parlez-vous français with. That's not the right sentence. That is, do you you speak French? When she says parlez-vous français. Well, so really what she's saying is, I need someone to do you speak French with. No, hold on. She would just say parlez français. Parlez français. Parlez français. I know how to conjugate my fucking verbs, man. She had this wrong. Okay. Yeah, she did. Oh, speaking of, can I just have an aside for one second? Speaking of language, I was at Wegmans the other day. Samantha had a job interview at McDonald's. I dropped her off at her job interview. The job interview was five minutes long, but I'm like, I'm going to run to Wegmans and get some booze for myself because I've been drinking heavy since Roe v. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So I'm like, I'm going to drop you off. I'm going to run to Wegmans, get a six pack. Okay, whatever. So I run over to Wegmans. (laughs) I ended up being in there 20 minutes because I ran into... 
my favorite professor of all time, Mr. Perone. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh no. my God. He's so, he's so old and cute and he's still teaching and he still wow. remembers me and he still remembers me as a writer. I mean, he's amazing. So I saw him and we had a nice chat. Did he teach language? Is that why? This no, is he taught creative writing. So what the fuck does that have to do with languages? Because as a writer, I'm into language. Okay, that's different than speaking foreign languages, but okay. Very different. I do not speak. <sighs> je ne parle français. So I, je ne parle parle. Wait, je ne parle um, pas français. I do not speak French. No sprechen Sie Deutsch. And... And, uh, yeah, so I have very little chance of speaking German, turns out. <laughs> like, I mean, I've been That's there a before, tough language. I don't, that's a tough one. Although it's interesting because, like, I feel like I, I know French much better and I have, like, a good chance there of understanding things. But it's weird because, because English is Germanic, mm -hmm. German sounds like English sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, it what it sounds like they're saying they are saying because like the the roots are similar mm -hmm. so like hearing it sometimes that you can make out what it is reading it forget it forget it and then and then i flew icelandic air man talk about mm. a language mm. it's crazy like they'll literally have a word and then just have 16 letters tacked onto it have you been to iceland well i just flew in and out of it but i haven't like spent time there now I want to go there because I want to see the Northern Lights from there. Yeah, it's a good place to see that. That's the place. That's next on my list. I had the whale. Well, I mean, you could go I to saw the whale too. I know. I saw the whale. Now I got to see the Northern Lights. Mimi's okay. come at us if you've seen the Northern Lights. I mean, sometimes you could see them from like New England or like Montana. Yeah, Timmy said he once in a while you could see them from Portland. He said. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jen, so now we cut to a storm and a weary Doc Baker, and he gets a knock on the door, and it's Doc Ledoux. I love it. It's like a scene of him burning the midnight oil. <laughs> like, I wrote the Doc Ledoux, Caleb is his name. He's kind of cute. Yeah, definitely. He's a cutie. I have an index card. <sighs> so okay. I would like to show you, instead of writing on an index card... I wrote on paper, German, German graph paper. Oh God. Okay. With a, with a very German pencil. So there's precision here. Who are the Ledoux's? Caleb Ledoux is Don Marshall, who is best known for playing Dan Erickson in Irwin Allen's groundbreaking sci-fi series, Land of the Giants, 1968. I don't know that. And I've like, I don't know studied sci-fi in school. And I don't know that what? one. What? Wait, what? So I had, I had a class called gender, gender and fantasy in film or something. I don't know. It was mm -hmm. like some kind of like gender studies in films. And like we covered like tons of sci-fi films. Anyway. Jenny, I had a class called the history of the soap opera. Oh, God. He excelled <sighs> at college sports and played varsity football and pole vaulting. I don't know why that's in his biography. I feel like if that's in your biography, you don't have a whole lot else going on. But we'll go on with that. He, Because of this, I guess this is why this is relevant. Because of his athleticism, I guess, he did all of his own stunts. 
he was one of the first african-american sci-fi actors so that's cool like he he was in he was in um he had a small role in star trek after being recruited by gene roddenberry yeah and i read he still goes to the conventions right he's best known for terminal island 1973 the lieutenant 1964 dragnet 1967 the soap opera capital mm. the the incredible hulk buck rogers rescue from gilligan's island i didn't know that was a thing hmm i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> that might be something to look into it makes sense though if you know for 12 years or whatever they were stranded on the island that you could get like a good three or four years out of a sitcom where they're being rescued well, this was 1978, so this was later than the original. Because wasn't the original series in the 60s? Or is it the 70s? I think so. I think so. He he um, he died in 2016 at 80 years old. Mm. Hold on. I feel like there was something else I wanted to put in here. Maddie Ledoux, born in Queens in 1940, is played by Marlene Warfield. Good last name. Mm. she's best known for cold case 2003 to 2010 so she's still work like she's still working oh, she was on cold so, case that was a good show she was um samuela robbins for like seven years so she was like on cold case like it wasn't okay. like, mm-hmm. like a, a guest appearance because oh that's the point thing i want to point out he pretty much stopped working after like the late 70s there's no other credits really but she's yeah and that's weird because he lived up so to, like, long 2012 yeah yeah he lived so long too that's weird the, i mean he must have gotten out of acting she was in the shield as Dottie cummings from 2002 mm. 2008 the west wing mm. er perry mason cagney and lacy the jeffersons and maude she's still alive there's not a whole lot else about her which is ironic because there's a ton of shit about him and he like stopped acting like 35 years ago <laughs> and like there's hardly anything about her and like she still has an active career but whatever this is the wrong whatever that shit <laughs> whatever <laughs> all right jenny so but he is he is handsome i agree yeah he's really handsome i'm into it so doc baker sees that caleb and maddie are black and he his face is like oh i mean it's no. clear on his face Cause, yeah because he knows the racist fucks that yeah. they have living in this town so Doc then starts questioning Ledoux and he's like, why are you here? We have no money. And Ledoux says, look, I grew up in a rural part outside, rural like part of town outside of New Orleans. And I'm well aware of poor country folk and their issues. And I just want to help. And then Doc's basically like, but you're old. So See, instead Doc of like used- his shock, he's going for ages instead of racism. <laughs> Doc is used to Adam completing law school in two weeks. Right. You know, he's not used to somebody actually going through school. So right. Doc's he's like, all Look, like 17 years you were in school. And I don't think like if you're a surgeon, that's not I mean, you could be in school that long. Like if it depends. Do you mean you're in school you're in medical school seventeen years? That's a problem. Yeah, no, he's probably in full school seventeen years. Like are we like counting college. kindergarten? Because if that's the case, I was in school eighteen years. Yeah, okay. 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 So then Doc's like, oh, one more thing. You're going to have to work on commission. <laughs> the last thing we need in this country is doctors working on commission. Although that probably happens. 
has to do with how much how many drugs they dispense. A hundred percent. So then Ledoux says, look, I'm aware of this issue that I'm a, oh, I wrote clack doctor. I'm a black doctor in a white community. And I just want to prove myself, dude. I'll work on commission. I got this 10% on all sales. I got it. So at Harriet's, well, Jen, here's the problem though. Most of these people pay in chickens and shit. How are you going to get commission from that? Didn't Doc Baker have like 65 hams and a thousand apples (laughs) at one point? So now in Harriet's, she's in bed practicing her French, and Nels is not here for this. This is the scene that I think they literally reused from the Hester Sue episode. Um, you might be right, because we had this exact scene. You this are correct. exact scene. Yeah. Yes. Harriet just has to stop thinking all black people are French, <laughs> and all French people are white. She's, well, that's, that was my point, is there are black French people. That yes. is the thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is not so, these people, but there are actually black French people. Yep. So the next morning, Nels and Harriet are doing some work in the stock room when town gossip, Miss Foster drops by. She totally is, right? Oh, God. She gives them the scoop on the new doctor. They've arrived and Harriet must go greet them. Now over at Doc's, he's being all alpha. He won't let Ledoux answer the phone. He I won't know, let him really take bad. any calls. Like he's being a real dick bag. Yeah. And totally. Harriet Harriet shows up and she sees Ledoux and they make it a thing that she can't see that he's black and they play like funny music, like no, they're playing some kind of French music, which I thought was pretty it's funny. So stupid. And then she sees him and it's like bomb It's like it's bad. <laughs> Did you catch Harriet, Rev over there already recruiting them though? recruiting who that recruiting them for the church he was already oh yeah a hundred percent oh like because that's that's his bar for entry right he doesn't give a shit as long as you're like i'll come to the church like if they were like we're atheists that would have been or we're jewish like that would have been a whole different thing a hundred percent rev's talking to the ladoos he's roping them into being part of the church now one of the things that rev does say is doc i'm gonna ask you to introduce these two to the congregation yeah on Sunday. We'll make it a thing. It'll be a thing. Okay. It's a thing. So two calls come in and Baker won't let Ledoux do anything. And Doc finally agrees, okay, you can take one of the calls. So they go their separate ways. Doc heads out to see Jenny Sherman, the woman who was pregnant in the opening scene. Something is wrong. Doc is worried. Now, if Doc's worried, you're going to, you're done. You're, you're dead. dead. Sign you're that done. will because you got to leave some shit to people. He is sending to Minneapolis for some special medicine. Jen, what special medicine is he sending to no Minneapolis idea. for? This makes no sense. I have no idea. I don't know. Like, did they have the, that, what's that medicine that you have to take when you have like a different RH factor on your blood than your fetus does? I have does? no clue. No clue. I feel like they didn't know about that then though. No. So then he says to the husband, who's a total asshole, worst Jackass. human ever. He's like, now, Nathan, you need to make sure Jenny takes it easy or she will die. Like, she'll die. And he's basically and like, as long as she cooks me dinner, whatever. And does he's all basically like, here. somebody's got to do the fucking laundry around here. Yeah, he's not going to do it. Wow. What a fucking okay. dick bag. I hated this man so much. I was taking out all my rage on this dick bag. <laughs> so back at Doc's, Ledoux is pissed because his house call, Jen, was for a horse. Yeah. And Doc goes, 
We country docs take care of livestock, dude. It's part of the game. Are you too proud to tend to livestock? I'm sure you could go to the city. I'm sure they'd be happy to work with someone with your splendid qualifications. What? What the hell does that mean? Such an asshole. What does that mean? I don't like. I don't even know what he how what he's trying to say there. I think he's basically saying like, "What are you too good to take care of a horse?" But was he was he implying that like he's not going to get a job anywhere else? Because that's I have not no true. Idea. He has really good credentials because he's black. It I was have so no bad. idea. Ledoux tells Doc he assumed he was racist. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I assumed that you sent me there because you know he is I'm racist. Black. He's not giving him any patience. He is racist." And he- and he clearly misjudged him, and I'm so sorry. No, no you're 100% okay. right. Okay. In private, Caleb is telling his wife, this is going to be harder than I thought. He's like, Doc Baker's acting like an asshole. I don't know what's going on there. He's acting, quote unquote, acting strange. How can you tell if Doc Baker's acting strange? <laughs> and Maddie disagrees. She's like, Doc Baker's going to introduce us on Sunday to the congregation. Everything's going to be fine. Cut Good. to... Oh. Bringing in the sheaves. Of course. Did he catch that? <laughs> yep. Now Rev has to intro the Ledoux to the church because Doc Baker suddenly couldn't make it. And then they cut to Doc Baker like in his house looking out the window. Like this reminds me of when like somebody's like, do you want to come out? And I'm like in my bed watching like YouTube and playing video games. Like cut to me in my room. I'm like, nah, busy. <laughs> Jenny, did you see the meme? I meant to send it to you. It was like, um, basically, you know, Gen X parents are all worried that their kids are on devices too long. Meanwhile, we spent three months trying to master this jump. And it's that jump in Super Mario Brothers where there's like two little swaths of land and then a big space. And I'm like, this was me and Jenny. We would spend six months on one dungeon. We'd spend like six hours on video games. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, and then take a break for like 10 minutes. A hundred percent. So that night, Jenny, Caleb cannot sleep because he knows Baker deliberately mischurched. He's like, his rig was home and I know it. How, how fucking, what a jackass move. His rig was parked outside? Come well, it was on, in dude. The, the livery. It was in the livery. Sloppy. Sloppy. Well, what's Caleb doing? Like, sp- like kind of sneaking around the livery there and spying? I mean, it's not hard to spot his wagon. It's pretty obvious. That's true. It's like he drives like a red Corvette convertible. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's your car over there in that lot. <laughs> Maddie tells Caleb, look, just be honest. If you think Doc Baker's being weird with you and being racist, just ask him. Probably ask him it. why you didn't go to church. Direct communication, dude. Yep. So the next morning they head to Baker's. And I don't know why, but suddenly Maddie works at Baker's as well. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) What's that about? Maddie finds a note from Baker explaining that he's on his rounds. And just then, again, town gossip Miss Foster shows up. She's got the medicine from Minneapolis for Jenny Sherman. And Maddie's like, why don't you take it out to Mrs. Sherman and save the doc a trip? So he does. And I just wrote, this ought to go well. Yeah, that's going to be great. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. He pulls up to what is clearly the Edwards place, right? Yes. Yep. The wraparound porch where they eat dinner. 
It's clearly yeah. the Edwards place. Yeah, totally. Nathan Sherman isn't happy to see a black man. And we know that from Jen, they break out the Casio keyboard. Um, so Nathan is like, well, first Caleb's like, I have some medicine for Jenny. I got to get to her. And Nathan's like, yeah, what of it? (laughs) What of it? (laughs) That sentence doesn't even make sense. That question doesn't even make sense. Jenny's out hanging laundry out the back, but she's supposed to be in bed. Doc Big made that very clear. Yep. Yeah. But she's, you know, hanging clothes on the clothesline. Ledoux tells Nathan, uh, you should drop this clothesline a little bit. Your wife should not be reaching that high. That's not a thing. Do you want to take it's this? Not a thing. It's not a thing. You can Dr. reach. Dr. Amy says that's you, not a thing. You can reach when you're pregnant. You can reach. She shouldn't you reach be your hands up stand, in Like a better thing to say would be, you shouldn't be, be standing. standing at all. You're on bed rest because you're having a yeah. difficult pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Amy says you can hang clothes on the line when you're pregnant. Well, you you either can hang clothes or you can't. The reaching has nothing to do with it. If you're not supposed to be out of bed, then stay in bed. <laughs> Amy's medical opinion is in no way reflects the views of Jenny's wife. <laughs> Jenny, I have to tell you something. I built a deck with Timmy last weekend, which is a whole thing. That's all I that. was stunned by how much math he uses on a daily basis do you think that you don't need math to build things well you i don't use math in my world i'm in a world of languages and words and i just don't use math right. Right. but timmy like everything is mathematical yeah i was like wow it's building okay. stuff it's engineering essentially mm-hmm so anyway, Nathan says, and I'm quoting him here, that colored should not be giving me advice. Dear nice, God. Dude. Nice. Then he says, I heard it took you 17 years to go to medical school. What's up with that? And Nathan's like, oh, wait. And then the doctor's like, well, you know, uh, I wanted to be twice as good. So it took me twice as long. <laughs> like trying to make a joke with this absolute garbage human. Right. Garbage human says, it really gets under my skin how my brother and so many others like him died fighting a war so the likes of you could go to school. Uh, Jen? God. <laughs> oh my God. If you don't think we have like a long systemic racist history in this country, like <laughs> we do. Jen, Caleb basically says fuck off and leaves. Yeah. Now, thank God we see Charles. Thank God. I was just thinking, like, if I don't see some paw soon, I'm going to lose my mind. So here he comes. He brings Cassandra over because she was hurt at school. And now we see Baker's, inside Baker's. Maddie's, like, taking calls, working the desk. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. Charles is like, wow, you guys have been really busy. And then he's like, you know, I have to tell you something. People get set in their ways and don't take it personally because Caleb's like, I'm not taking any calls. These are all for Doc Baker. Right. Charles is like, people just get set in their ways. Like, it's a thing. And Caleb's like, mm, no, they're racist. Yeah, they're racist. Mm-hmm. Well, I love how Charles uses Cassandra to fix all his problems now. I know. I know. Do you notice that um, Ledoux just threw some iodine on Cassandra? <laughs> I wonder if it was McCurchrome. It's a grand move. <laughs> 
Yeah, mercurochrome, which our family, uh, our grandparents put on us, has mercury in it. All the time. Hence the name mercurochrome, has mercury in it. Mercury is poisonous. All the time. We used to love to paint our cuts with that because they'd be all red. Okay. I didn't love to paint my cuts with that because it burned like hell, but whatever. Mm, Okay. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So Charles is grateful, and he's like, how can I repay you, Doc? And he goes... Listen, maybe somebody in your family will fall ill and I could treat them. And Charles is like, that's a real weird thing to wish for, but okay. (laughs) And Caleb's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. So then Charles invites them over for dinner on Friday. Okay. So now Baker walks in and Caleb hits them with the, where were you on Sunday? Dun, dun, dun. The confrontation. Baker's like, I was at Miss Rutgers. No, you weren't, motherfucker. I saw your rig at the livery. You were not at Mrs. Rutgers because she lives four miles away. So Baker's like, look, I just don't know you well enough to trust you. And these people really like it's a it's a ethos thing. These people really trust me. I don't know if I want to put my reputation on the line. It's not about race. It's not about race. (laughs) (laughs) He says it's unfair to bring your race into this. Then he uses three racist words in his defense. Yep. Yep. And Caleb's like, look, I need to make money. And Baker's like, how about I just pay you for doing nothing? 
He's like, I'm not racist. I've treated all races of people. It's like, that's different than seeing somebody as your equal. Mm -hmm. Which we talk about later. So Caleb's like, I'm offended here. I'm a doctor. I want to earn my money. At the Ingalls, the family's eating and they're thanking God for the new doctor. And literally like, thank you, God, for the new doctor. They They have a pile of kids. Now, Charles and Albert, they have a pretty important discussion here. I want to give the writers props here because this is like a nuanced way of looking at racism that you don't see a lot on television. Yeah, because Albert was like, well, they accept Joe. Right. Albert's like, they will accept Ledoux because they accepted Joe. And Charles says, Joe Kagan, they accepted Joe Kagan because he did what black people are expected to do. Farmed, labored. But a lot of people won't like him being a doctor because yeah. that's reserved for white men. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that was a good, I don't know. I thought it was pretty progressive. And then little Jason Bateman is sitting there like, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> now at the restaurant the next morning, Hester Sue's there and she asks Maddie, hey, can you be here for 11 for the noon meal? And Caleb's like, what's that about? Maddie's got a job at the hotel, Jen. She's going to be washing windows and cleaning rooms. And Caleb's about to lose his shit over this. Oh, he's not happy. Well, he, you know, I get what he's saying. Like, he's trying to lift them out of those stereotypes. Yeah. And she's forced to go back. But also, she doesn't have, you know, a college degree. So Right, and she doesn't have any options. She's like, dude, we need to eat. So if she wants to work, this is the kind of work that... She's going to have to do. Yeah. So now it's Friday night and Ledoux is cracking up Charles and Carolyn. Albert is hanging around like, I cannot wait to be a doctor. They're all chilling. When Nell shows up in a panic, Jenny Sherman's in labor. They can't find Doc. So they're sending for Carolyn. Now, Caleb is like. Like, so there's literally like a surgeon sitting there. And they're like, hey, Carolyn, can you like midwife this shit? I don't think they. I thought about this. I don't think they know he's a surgeon. Well, he's a doctor. Carolyn's not. Right. And I don't think. Like, I don't know. I could see them going to Carolyn in this. Because Why? it specifically has to deal with the baby. And Carolyn delivers the baby. He's a fucking doctor. He's a fucking doctor. The guy's a fucking he's racist. He's a fucking child. doctor. <laughs> so. If I'm sorry. Can- if there's like you in a room or a doctor. I'm picking a doctor. You're picking me. So Caleb says something's wrong. She's not supposed to deliver for another month. I'm coming with you. Good. Now, God, the squad shows up at the Sherman house. It's Carolyn. It's Charles. It's Caleb. It's Maddie. They're all there. Nathan refuses to let Caleb near his screaming wife. Screaming in pain. Screaming in pain. Carolyn goes in and she comes out and she's like, it's not good. (laughs) She's like, I can't do this and I don't blame her. Yeah, she's like, this is, there's something real, real wrong. Something real, real wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So Nathan says what we all knew he would say eventually. That N-word is not going anywhere near my wife. Yep. It was inevitable, right, Jen? Totally. Jenny, and then what happens? Charles decks him. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. I knew that was that was inevitable yes. too. Like I could tell from the beginning of the fucking show that Charles was going to hit this guy. I was beyond excited Classic. that Charles slugs this guy. I, it's insane the amount, like how often Charles has to deck someone. Like I feel like it's like every couple months he has to punch I someone know. in the face. Like, I don't see and, anyone else doing that at Walnut Grove. <laughs> it's just Charles. <laughs> And Jenny, this guy's like a foot taller than Michael Landon. (laughs) And he's a big burly dude. Like why he didn't get up and beat the shit out of Paul is beyond me. Yeah. So Charles punches him and I wrote, Jenny is not good. It's not good. It's not good. Not good. Caleb can't find a harpy and he's like, I have to take the baby. And I literally wrote, oh my God, this is wild. I mean, this is not unusual, and that was the whole thing. Like, if if the pregnancy was fine and everything was normal, Carolyn would be able to handle it fine. But it's when things go wrong that people just died because no one knew what to do because you'd have to be a fucking doctor to know what to do. Yeah, that's true. So now Baker shows up, and he comes in. He's like, oh, uh, I got your note. Now, see, this goes to prove if Baker were the only doctor in town, these people would be dead. They'd be dead. <laughs> again (laughs) so baker's like what's going on here and we hear the baby start to cry and we learn that jenny is okay yes and let me say something caleb performed like a c-section like he was yelling was it a c-section it was a surgery to take the baby yeah it was a c-section because he was like maddie Get get me this, get me that, Carolyn. Hand me my morphine. Like he was going in. Oh, that's surgery. Yeah, that's surgery. Oof. So they knocked her out. That had mm-hmm. to be super, super Risky. new stuff yeah. then too. Yeah, and later he says he's stitching up her incision. So he definitely took yeah. the baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Oh, let me tell you guys, that's really scary. Like, I had an emergency C-section. It's really scary. It's like, we just got to go in and get that kid. You were really far along, though. I was a month early, but I had twins. They're always early. Wasn't that pretty far for twins, though? That was pretty good for twins. It was pretty to term, yeah. Yeah. And my kids were only four pounds each, so it was like delivering an eight-pound baby. Right. (laughs) All right, so... Caleb, the doc is like, Caleb goes to Doc Baker. Do you want to take over? And Baker's like, no, you're the surgeon. Keep at it. Baker's clearly in over his head. Baker's like, I don't even know what this is. Like, what is that? (laughs) Wait, Jenny, I wrote, Caleb just out-doctored Doc Baker. And then I wrote, I could probably out-doctor Doc Baker. Yeah, like he would have been like, oh, I don't know. Guess you're just gonna die. You're either gonna live or die. Carolyn, okay, now this part really got to me. Carolyn hands the asshole bigot his sweet, innocent baby girl. Of course, she has a girl. He's a fucking misogynist, too. I can't. Nathan tries to thank Caleb, but Caleb says, You could thank Charles, because if he didn't punch you the fuck out, you would have let these two die. No, he says, then he does. I guess I have to thank you. I know. I know. Wow. Then Caleb does a good day, sir, and walks yes, the fuck does. home. I'm like, if I were Caleb, 
when that woman was dying, I'd be like, good luck, fucker. Good luck. And then I'm like, oh, the Hippocratic Oath. Like, they're supposed to like, save people. <laughs> yeah, you have to, like, push past someone actively hating on you yep. to save their own life. Yep. Back home, Maddie's like, you were awesome back there. Jen, do you think they had hotel sex that night? Yes. Yeah, they're yes, in the hotel. She's all horned up. She's like, you were amazing. And I could imagine, like, if I witnessed my husband save someone's life, that would be hot. <laughs> right? So, Timmy, get on saving someone's life. But, like, wait, 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 someone... wait, 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 wait. Didn't Timmy save Lafayette Beetle the other day? No, I saved Lafayette Beetle. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to tell you something. Shout out to our Mimi, uh, Ely. Who was here last night, my friend? Who was here last night? You're just really, over now. <laughs> really hating on Lafayette Beetle. Hating him. I hate Lafayette Beetle. I'm with She her. hates him. She's like, he's the most annoying dog ever. Yep. <laughs> Why is he yeah, bothering totally. me? <laughs> 100%. I think I'm going to start a new Facebook group called the Lafayette Beetle Haters. Nope, nope. And you she, won't be you won't know about She it. would just be sitting there trying to talk to me, and Lafayette Beetle's like putting his ass in her face. Yeah, he's, he's gross. Dropping, he wants his ball thrown all the time, so he just drops oh, you, it on all over you. You mean his saliva-soaked, disgusting ball? Yep. And he obsesses over it, so like he wouldn't stop barking for us to throw it. He was on his worst behavior last night when we had company, so it wasn't shocking. Good. All right, so Maddie's proud of Caleb. They have hotel sex, whatever. Caleb's like, we're leaving, dude. This town is not ready for change. And there's a coach coming Sunday afternoon. I know. There's a coach coming Sunday afternoon. We'll be on it. And I wrote, "Uh uh-oh, set up for a throwdown at church. Whenever someone's leaving Sunday afternoon, you know something's going to go down in church that morning. Yep. At church, Rev is preaching. Baker gets up and gives this like heartfelt um, admission that he was racist because deep down he admits he didn't think a black man should be a doctor and that that right belonged to white men. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Now, by all accounts, from what we have heard from the cast, we know that the dude who played Doc Baker, I forget his real name, was an amazing human being. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine having to stand up and say you're racist? <laughs> like you're probably like, I mean, mm, do I have to do this? Yeah, I mean, he's acting. I know. Doc says, but I don't have. But that's the right thing to do. Right. Yes. Not make of excuses course. for your behavior. Or not just fall on your sword, man. Yep. And do better. That's it. And Doc admits, Jen, he doesn't have half the skill. Half he has. He can't cut someone <laughs> open. They definitely would die. He's like, Jenny Sherman totally would have died under my care. 100%. 100% <laughs> chance that she would have died and her kid. Okay. And maybe her Doc- husband just because he was near Doc. <laughs> Doc would have like spilled some ether or something and everybody yeah, else would have died. Oh, that's, so I have to recommend a podcast. Well, it's truly darkly creepy. I think we've recommended them before. Mm-hmm. But it's their new one that I can't think of the name of right now. They moved to Lifetime and they were talking about like weird ways to die. This might have been on Truly Darkly Creepily. And they were talking about this surgeon who 
like it was the fastest surgeon around like in the 1800s oh my god and, and in the 1800s you wanted a fast surgeon because there's no anesthetic right so, right like, right right if they're cutting yeah. off your leg they're doing yeah. it without anesthetic so like you mm -hmm. want people who work sure. fast so he had this reputation as like this super fast doctor and they were this was the time when they would have those like open things where they were like observing the surgery like medical school you know you see that old, old timey things like the theater like kramer with the uh, milk duds yes yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. so he's cutting off somebody's leg and then he it was junior mints. i'm sorry it was junior mints go on it was junior mints he accidentally mm -hmm. turned quickly and like cut his assistant's finger off and then like there's blood flying all over the place and then <laughs> both of those people got gangrene and like died and also somebody had a heart attack from seeing this scene in the theater and, and also died. So like he killed like three people with one surgery. <laughs> he had like a 300% death rate. Wow. Wow. That was okay. a crazy episode. Okay. So <laughs> that would have been a Doc Baker move. Yeah. So then Doc asks the Ledoux to stay and Caleb says, you know, we all have some prejudices no not the same not no. the same not he's the talking same. about like some maybe inherent biases no not the same as this no this is outright bigotry right right <laughs> so yep. then he's like but if this town needs me i'll stay and rev is crying in the corner and rev he's loves like, what his religion works he's like amen motherfucker peace <laughs> out mic drop <laughs> All right, Jenny. Um, so who's oh wait, I have two questions for you. Number one, whose fault is this? And number two, do we ever see the Ladoos again? No, we never see the Ladoos again. That's so they're staying in town. They're staying in town like to so, be the second doctor. Yeah, like so many other work, people have done. Got to work at Doc Baker's, never see them again. <laughs> never see them again. Jenny, whose fault is this? feel like this is doc baker's fault 100 percent. 100 percent. i feel like if he had set the stage public enemy number tell, one let me tell you guys oh no something. that's rev that's rev public that's, enemy number that's one. that's rev yeah let me tell you something i'm starting a new job tomorrow my boss sent me the most detailed onboarding plan i think i've ever seen she has me meeting with almost everybody in the company just to say hello wow she needs to take over for Doc Baker. Yeah. Like seriously. Doc Baker needed a better onboarding plan for well, Ledoux. Is anybody, I mean, is anybody shocked that Doc Baker can't run his business? He can't doctor. And that's the thing he specialized in, let alone. Doc Baker can't doc. Merch alert. Doc. Merch <laughs> alert. <laughs> All right, Jenny. At the end of every episode, we talk about a theme or a lesson, something we learned from the rewatch. Talk about how it stuck with us. We call it our why it's designed to finish the sentence. Jenny, this is why. Jenny, what's your why for this episode? This is why I think our generation is so confused about what's racist and what's not. Like, because mm. I think the boomers, right, just don't, don't, don't see it at all. Right? It's just like, well, that's like we, because we were we were involved in those nuances, right? So like they get into this, like they get they address it. But then yeah. there's also real racist stuff going on that's completely ignored. That I guess yeah. maybe at that time wouldn't have felt racist like him saying words like Indian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that was common then. I mean, that was right. we didn't think about was, that differently. Yeah, like so. I guess it's, but it's also understand like it's looking at it with the lens now. That's tough, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you can see how there was like not not that we you know yeah it wasn't common. It was common to use that word then, but we didn't understand why that was wrong. Even though it was just, you know what I mean? It's just as wrong then as it is now. Like, it, yeah. it took a long time to understand why that was insulting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's a lot of the microaggressions that were totally fine through this time. And, like, we just couldn't take this lesson that they're trying to give you about racism and apply it to that, I guess, is, like, a really strange thing to me. Right. And why why people are confused now, I think. But it's that, that that attitude, I feel like there's somewhat of an attitude now, not not among mo- most of us, but some of us, that is like, everything's politically incorrect now, like everything's, you got to walk on eggshells, like, and I think that's why, because we grew up with like only dealing with part of the problem or not like, you know what I mean? Like there was like, they're trying to teach you things about racism, but then they kind of miss a whole thing, which, which isn't yeah. necessarily their fault, given right. the time it was in, but like. I think that's why it's hard for us to a lot of people to think they just think we're in an ultra sensitive time now about everything. And it's like, no, not really. Like this was always a problem and we just didn't address it. Yeah. I hear a lot of people. But also, like but also I think I can't that one say anything. I know, but I think that they handled the one thing they handled well that I think is a good lesson for now is like, it's okay to be wrong about things. It's okay. To make mistakes in these areas. Like with, you know, I know a lot of people get tangled up and, and, very upset about like I don't know what to do with these pronouns like everybody is so confusing like just ask mm-hmm. just ask yep. if you make a mistake correct it just ask like it's okay yep. to be wrong about it like anyone who's who's going to be offended by it would be more offended if you just didn't acknowledge that you're wrong or assumed you know what I mean like assume right. thing instead of yeah. just saying like oh sorry like I mm-hmm. meant to say this or what do you how should I what pronoun should I use you know what I mean what pronouns do you yeah. prefer like that I'm dealing thing. with like that, that is, now. All that's completely okay to ask. I'm dealing with that now because in my kids' generation, there's a lot of pronoun changing. Yeah, and and they and Timmy they don't and I, an eye. right? And Timmy and I are new <laughs> to this, and mom and dad are certainly new to oh, this. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. Like, that. <laughs> so, like, it's just I have learned. I think through my interactions with students and working with younger generations, like to just ask. Just ask. It's really not offensive to just say, what pronouns do you prefer to be called by? Right. Or, and it's okay when you, you make know, mistakes. Like the the, mis- the biggest mistake you can make is to like close yourself off to being open to that and say like, I don't know how to do that. That doesn't make sense. That's not like, I'm not doing it. Like, so that's I the think worst here, I, but I think here's why people have a problem with that. That is a vulnerability to admit that you don't know something to admit that yeah. you're wrong about something is a vulnerability. And we all know I'm going to paint a lot of people with this brush. <laughs> Broad but brush. we all know mostly white men of a certain age have a hard time with that vulnerability. Yeah. Well, because so that's I, how, well, that's what they were taught, right? Is to never be yes. vulnerable. It's to yes. never show emotion, never show like weakness, which is another horrible thing to do to people. Yeah. A hundred percent. Jenny, this is not my why, but I want to say, you know, I, I'm going to give Michael Landon a little bit of props here. Why? He did because none of this. He didn't write it. All right. He was the executive oh, he producer. He was the executive producer. 
If you don't think Michael Landon's controlling everything. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think he still has his hand on it or is he YOLO on it because yes. he's got the new wife? No, he, he still has his hand on it. Okay. And I think that, you know, we give him a lot of shit, but I think this was handled well. And I think that he was putting something on television that not a lot of people were. I don't know if I would say not a lot of people were. Like, think about it. There were a lot it. of shows How... that were dealing with racism better than this at this time. Like, Good Times, The Jeffersons. Like, you they know were I mean? dealing they were, with they were, racism differently. They were looking at it from the victim's point of view. Right, but it was they were also current shows. Like, he was dealing yeah. with it. Yeah, true. I don't know. I, I just, I was, I was really impressed when they when they recognized that nuanced way of thinking about racism. I was yeah. impressed by that. All right. And it's like so, it's tough being two white girls sitting here talking about this too. Like it feels wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um I have this is why I cannot stand people who teach their kids hatred. When they gave that innocent little baby girl to that monster Nathan. Yeah. I wanted to just punch my fist through a wall. I just want to go to Banana Town and just dance <laughs> on everything. Go to because, Town. like, this is how, you know, we're talking about racism. We're talking about certain attitudes. This is how this stuff happens. It's passed down. It's learned behavior. It's yeah, taught 100%. to children. Yeah. And you see children and they're just so innocent and they don't really have any kind of, no. I don't know. We're not born with, them, with bias. We're not born with We're taught that. I'm wa- I watched this on the heels of watching that Keep Sweet Prey, the Warren Jeffs documentary oh, I on that. Netflix. Oh, God. I mean, if I needed another reason to rail against religion. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. This, this fucking LDS church. Holy shit, man. This, they're brainwashing these kids. Like it's, oh, I have a real problem with that. Anyway, so that's what I wrote. I just, I, I Nathan does not deserve that baby. No. We need and Adam to come to so town. She's going to be like, what's she going to do for me? Basically. We need like Adam to come. To, we need Adam to come to town and lawyer, lawyer this situation up and get that baby away from that asshole. Can we do that? Seriously. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everybody what's coming up next? So coming up next is A Wiser Heart, Episode 5, Season 8. At the invitation of Liza Jane, Laura attends a writing seminar in Arizona, but the experience is marred by a rude professor who cuts her down at every turn. Ooh, we're going to see a rude professor. This is going to be my world. Yeah, seriously. We're going to be talking higher education. I'm all into it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, On Patreon, guys, we have Golden Girls coming up. uh, Season three. I think we did episodes one and six. And also, we're doing Rocky Four. Jenny, excited about doing Rocky Four? Yes. Yeah? You're excited about it? Okay. Uh, Spoiler alert, don't be. I watched it and it's terrible. (laughs) Great. Can't wait. Um, I was saying on Facebook that while I was helping Timmy build the deck this weekend, I felt like Rocky training to fight the Russians. <laughs> yeah. 
like I was like crying inside. Like when is wasn't this gonna it end? More like wasn't it more like training with Mr. Miyagi? Like <laughs> no, wax on, wax no, off, standing. Huh? No, it was get on the ground and dig a four foot hole and take all the rocks out of it in ninety degree oh. heat. <laughs> oh my god, you must have been ready to die. We were both doing. It. I, I have a new appreciation for him. I really do. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Is that uh, is that on your other your tenant's house? The, yeah, the other house. We put like a really nice deck on it, but oof. I'm not cut out to do manual labor. No, me neither. All right, guys. So thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already, join our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees, and check out our premium content. Uh, it's on Patreon, so you can go to patreon.com slash why. Or subscribe through the link in the show notes. I think that's all we have, right, Jenny? Anything else? Nope, that's all I have. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.